You're listening to audio from Calvary Gravenhurst in Muskoka, Ontario. For more resources or to connect with someone in the church, please visit calvarygravenhurst.com. This week's sermon is taught by lead pastor Benjamin Emery. Hello, my friends, brothers and sisters. It is such an honor and pleasure to be with you once more. That was an amazing song. Thank you for that gift. I'll need a copy of that when I go. And it is a special day, isn't it? It is a day to rejoice. Uh, And we know it's special, um, not because uh, we're all together in one service instead of two, uh, not because... Uh, the leaders, the elders, and the deacons and their families have gathered uh, together up here for the first time in a spirit of unity um, for what is going on here. Not just uh, special uh, because we're going to have ice cream after at the park. And yes, I am wearing a suit today, as many of you have commented, Uh, but I must give credit where credit is due, because far too long you've thought I dress myself, but it is really my wife that dresses me, and so she gets the credit. But I have even better news that the new pastor coming in, he dresses himself. He doesn't need his wife to dress him anymore, so we are progressing. Praise God. Well, it is a special day because our sister, Janet, was was reported to me. She went to the greatest worship service ever at 921 this morning, and she has gone to be with the Lord. And so let us start our time together praising him. God, we come together to you because we love you. We are just people. We have a certain amount of time on this earth. And we have come here together to worship you because we believe in you, because we put our trust in you, because we we realize that this life is not the only life. There is a better one to come. And we thank you that you have taken our sister uh, from her pain uh, to be with you in eternity. We thank you for the church, Lord, for this church that you've allowed me to be a part of for eight years. God, what a privilege. I thank you for the unity. I thank you that they're going to go on doing your work because it is you that is empowering them as they follow you. God, would you bless our time. And then help me one more time, a simple man, to proclaim your good works. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it was eight years minus one week uh, that I first... Uh, preached uh, up here. It was a different stage uh, or platform. It was a a different looking room than it is now. Um, It was a different group of people, although some of you uh, from the originals, I call you, you're still here. God bless you. And I showed up at 2 2 a.m., that first morning, 2 a.m., we were renting a, a, a somebody's uh, condo out at Taboo, and I was so nervous, so scared. I showed up at 2, and I came downstairs thinking I was the only one, and I scared uh, the life out of this wonderful dear woman, Mary Britton, who happened to be baking a cake, a giant cake, at 2 a.m. in the church kitchen. I was scared. I was nervous. 
Um, I was very inexperienced. I, my experience was zip, nothing, nilch. And yet, you had brought me in, and, and, and I was kind of like Moses at the time. In Exodus chapter 3, when, when he says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Like, I was only a Christian for seven years. I didn't really know much about much. I was so nervous and so scared. I'd made so many mistakes in my life. I was not a confident speaker. I used to shake when I'd get up in front of people. And I didn't really know what to say to win people to the Lord, to win your hearts. I was kind of like the Lord, or kind of like Moses when he said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, and neither in the past nor recently, nor since I've been speaking to you because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. That was honestly me. And, and if you uh, um, bared your way through my first couple of years of preaching, you would know that. Uh, I had tried to get out of being a pastor, out of a preacher. My wife can attest to that. In my fourth year of school, I had made up my mind that I wasn't going to do this, that God had made a big mistake. And so as finishing up my uh, degree, I applied to six different police forces. I went uh, through their testing, and I thought I was, I was qualified. I was going to get this no problem. But the Lord had made up his mind. I was like Moses when, when he said, please send someone else. But when God has made up his mind, nothing will change that. I was, I was like Moses, so scared, so unequipped. Uh, but God, the same God uh, who's with us now, said to Moses, uh, who placed a mouth on humans? And who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you to speak, and I will teach you what to say. God would not allow me, my insecurities, to steal his glory. Yes, God showed himself powerful and faithful. For I was not wise from the human perspective. I was not powerful and not of noble birth. Instead, God had chosen what was foolish of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and what is despised in the world, uh, what is viewed as nothing, to bring to nothing what is viewed as something, so that no one may boast in his presence. It is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, redemption, in order that as it was written, let no one boast except in the Lord. God is and was faithful. And oh, church, he's been so good to me. He's been so good to us as a church. Hasn't he bringing together a bunch of ragtag nobodies? Well, maybe some of you think you're somebody. Uh, but most of us are nobodies. Uh, with, with great sins in our past and great failures, he brought us together to demonstrate uh, to the world uh, that he is in the business of saving and sanctifying and unifying people. 
for his purposes, to show his magnificent forgiveness for sinners, for those who don't deserve it. He brought us together to show people who think churches are all dead and they're not preaching and God is not behind them anymore that the God of the world is still on his throne and that his churches, his church here on this corner, is about his business. God has been good to us, and, and only God deserves our praise. Glory to God in the highest. As the, the psalmist said in one, Psalm 145, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. The psalmist in 146 that said, I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. That's why we're here. Uh, like the psalmist said in Psalm 40, he put a new song in my mouth. He did in mine, and I know he has for many of yours, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and will fear the Lord and put their trust in him. The psalmist said in Psalm 65, the whole earth, the whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, God. Where the morning dawns, where the evening fades, you sing forth joy. Like the psalmist said in 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That is why we are together. That is why we have unified under Christ. And so I thank God first and foremost for what he has done here at Calvary, what he has done in many of your hearts, and what he is going to do in the future. That I, a sinner, could speak on his behalf when I, like the prodigal son, was dead, and now I live, that I was lost, and now I'm found. What a great and wonderful God that we have, and we praise him. I want to thank my family, my children, William, Levi, Brenna. I know being a pastor's kid isn't easy. Everyone... I think you're supposed to be some supernatural kid. And sometimes when I, I should have been more present at home, I wasn't because my mind was filled with things. And sometimes when I should have been home, I wasn't. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for all the dinners and all the events that you guys went to and, and were so good and, and kind to people. Thank you for forgiving me when what I preached at the church wasn't what I lived at home. Thank you for all the great jobs, Dad, after my sermons, even when they really weren't that great of sermons. <laughs> and thanks for praying for me every week as you drove to church. Thank you to my bride, Rebecca. When you married me, you picked up a cross of sorts. And it was yours to carry. I know this. 
you were newly married, we were newly married, you were a, a mother of two like that, and then you, you had your, another child, and then within a, two years of, of being married, we were up here, you were a pastor's wife with all the expectations that people put on pastor's wives, and you bared it with grace and love. Thank you. Thank you through the celebrations. Thank you when we suffered great losses for staying true to me, to our children, and to Jesus. Thank you for your grace when I didn't love you as Christ loved the church. And thank you, Calvary, my brothers and sisters, my friends. Thank you. It has truly been an amazing experience. It has been a wonderful experience. As Bunyan said, uh, thank you, my fellow pilgrims, uh, who desired a better country. That is a heavenly one. Thank you for not being ashamed of the gospel. Thank you for walking the narrow way, the way of Christ. Thank you for allowing me to accompany you on this journey towards the celestial city. And it has been an absolute honor. A greater honor to serve alongside of you than it was even to serve my country overseas. It has been amazing. And for you, I've been so full of grace and kindness. For I, like Paul, uh, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery uh, of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or of wisdom. Simple message from a simple guy. And you loved us and embraced us. My children have seen what a real church is. They don't have the experience that some pastor's kids have of, of being treated poorly. No, no, they've seen, they've experienced your love. They'll walk away knowing the way a church is to be. Thank you for being an honest church. Being honest that none of us have it together. That we're all works in progress. That we are all sinners undeserving of grace. That we're all struggling through stuff. And yet we're putting our faith in Christ. Thank you for being a church that desires to know the truth. Because you know the truth will set you free. In a, in a time and a place where people don't want to hear the truth, you're willing to stand for God even when it makes you unpopular. Thank you, Calvary. Thank you for being a church that knows Christ did not come to save righteous people, but to save sinners. And you have welcomed in lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds uh, who came with messes. Uh, some people who had never stepped foot in churches. You've loved them and embraced them. Thank you so much. Thank you for encouraging my family, encouraging my wife, you, you ladies that would come along side of her. Thank you. The weight of leadership can sometimes be a lot. And, and I wanted to give up a number of times. But just as God sent Aaron and her to help Moses, uh, God had sent a couple dozen uh, really awesome men and women when I first came here. Uh, they loved God. They feared God. And, and they came alongside me. 
And when I wanted to pack it in, they kept me going. Uh, when I, my true weaknesses were showing, they made up for them. I, I kind of see it like they came alongside uh, Moses in Exodus 17 when it says after the, the battle had been raging on, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put him under it and, and he sat on it and Aaron and her held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And that has been my experience. You have held me up and I thank you so much for that. Elders, Len, Gary, Dustin, Mark, Don, Michael, Jeff, thank you for being men of integrity that I can look up to. Thank you, deacons and deaconesses, because I would have got lost in the mountain of paperwork trying to run this place without you. Thank you so much for keeping Calvary going. And thank you, staff, that have ministered alongside of me. We have poured ourselves out to people, and and most of you will never get half of the recognition that people give me, and so I say thank you so much. We fought together, Christians, brothers and sisters. We fought shoulder by shoulder for the gospel's sake, for the kingdom of God. Uh, when I came to this town, it was a dark place. Uh, the gates of hell had a firm grip on Gravenhurst. And, and this church was set to go the way of four other churches in my first four years here that closed. Calvary was a dying church. And yet, the men and women of God dug in and said, we are going to fight for Christ. We're going to use his word as our instruction. We're going to hold up high the name of Christ. And we have fought together, and God has empowered us, and God has done great work. We are pushing back the kingdom of darkness. You have, through your work, brought many people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. God has worked powerfully through you. And I am sorry that we are stepping aside, that we are having to leave. We wanted to stay longer. We thought we could. Then we realized the Lord was calling us to a different period of our life. And that's hard. It's hard when you love people and they love you. As Frodo said, to the people he loved the most. How do you go on when in your heart you begin to understand there is no going on? Some battles leave wounds that are too deep and have taken hold. We set out to revive the Shire. We set out to revive Calvary. And it has been revived. But not for us. And it will go on powerfully. The Lord will keep working. And we will always love you. You will always be dear to our hearts. You will always have played a significant role in our family's journey. Thank you so much. We hope to come back many times and visit you. But to those of you who I may never see again, maybe you'll leave this earth and I won't be here when you leave it. 
I want to believe in the promise that God has given us. That even though we will be apart for a while, that we will all be together someday. Gathered together with Janet in the greatest worship service ever. As Tolkien wrote, for the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path. One we must all take. The gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and turns to silver glass. And then you see it. White shores and beyond. A far green country under a swift sunrise. Yes, I believe we will all be together again someday. And when the Lord comes back in that final day for that final battle, when he comes to take his church and and rescue us from this earth, we will all meet together again. And, And I'll shout to you and you'll shout to me when we reach that place. As Lewis wrote, I have come home at last, for this is the real country. I belong here, we'll say. This is the land that I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. Come up, further up, and further in, we'll yell. What a glorious time that will be when we're all gathered together again. Thank you, dear brothers and sisters. And I have a charge for you. It's my final charge to you. And this is it. I charge you, Calvary, to keep moving forward. To keep moving on. Uh, don't, don't get stuck looking in the rearview mirror. The devil really wants you to live in the past, the past victories. He wants you to spend their time pressing the rewind button instead of letting the story play on. But it's time for you to move forward. In a car, uh, the rear view mirror is a small mirror. The big window faces forward. That's because the designer didn't want you to spend your time looking in the rear view mirror, just glancing in it to what has already gone by. He he wants you to stay focused on. It's valuable uh, to look in the past. Yeah, that's why we have Hebrews chapter 11. But Hebrews chapter 11 was written to encourage those in the present. So keep moving forward. Keep going on, as, as Paul would say to the Philippians, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and reaching forward to what is ahead. Move forward. Glance in the rearview mirror every time, every, every little bit of time, and remember what we've done. Remember what God has already done, but don't focus on it. What God has already done at Calvary is amazing. It's wonderful. But better times, I believe, are ahead. After this week, I will be in the rearview mirror of Calvary, of its history. What a great honor and privilege it has been. But I charge you to move forward with Pastor Mark, with the elders. Move forward in unity, in the the spirit of Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, move forward into your future. As the prophet Isaiah would write in Isaiah 43, Do not remember the past events, paying no attention to the things of old. Look, I am about to do something new. Even now, it is coming. Don't you see? Yeah, remember what God has done, because he's done some great things. He revived 
a dying church. Even look at what he's done in the last three months since I uh, announced that I would be leaving. Uh, for, tra- for churches, transitions are a horrible time. Look how well this transition has gone. A spirit of unity and love. There is no gap. The handover between two men who love God and the elders and the deacons and the church has gone wonderfully. That is God at work. Don't miss that. He is with you. You only need to read the Old Testament to see that most transitions between leaders didn't go well. But one that we do know went well was between Moses and Joshua. Moses had led the people out of slavery. He had brought them through the wilderness, but he was not the future. Joshua was to lead them into the future, the promised land. And when you read the history, what you don't see is anybody say, I'm staying with Moses in the wilderness to die. They didn't stay with his body. They moved on. They honored him and they went into the promised land with Joshua. And your job as you've honored me, is to move forward with Pastor Mark. Listen to the words that God said uh, to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all your people prepare to cross the Jordan that I am going to give you. I have given you every place The sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness of 118 East all the way to the Bala people, to the borders of the Bracebridgeanites, to the wild lands of Severn Bridge. And no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you nor abandon you. Be strong and courageous for you will distribute the land I swore to your ancestors and give you them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction of my, that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of my instruction must not depart from your mouth. You must meditate on it day and night so that you'll be carefully observe it and everything that is written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That same promise is here with you, Calvary. He is with you. So move forward. Don't focus on the past. Keep moving forward. It's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. But Mark has the same heart I do. The vision will be the same. The mission will be the same. It'll just look a little bit different. But different is good. Nothing stays the same forever. And the church, Calvary, I can say to you with an honest heart before God that Mark has been my faithful helper. Assistant, if you want to call it, 
for six years, just as Joshua served along the side of Moses and fought alongside with him, Mark has faithfully served me. He is a man of honor, a man of integrity. And so as you have supported me with grace and love, support this man with the same, for he deserves it. Don't get left in the past. Don't cause an accident for this church because you're so busy focusing on the rear view mirror. Get ready for what God has for you. As Paul says, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly word in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take view of such things. Press on, Calvary. So I charge you today, Calvary Baptist Church in Gravenhurst, to move forward and take back ground from the evil one in this town. I charge you today, Calvary, to support and submit to the elders, to Mark as your pastor. I charge you today, Calvary, to live not for yourselves, but to live for the glory of God. Live for the prize that we are all fighting for. Live. I charge you to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and to love each other as yourselves. And God, I request of you that you will continue to show yourself powerful in their midst, that you will keep forgiving their sins when they mess up. God, we ask you to keep changing them into your image, to keep saving people's souls in Gravenhurst. Build your church, God, we request this of you, because we can't do it without you. Before I conclude, though, there is one more thing I need to do. I'll read to you the events that took place just before Moses died in Numbers 27, verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, go up the mountain to the Abram range and, and see the land that I have given the Israelites. And after you have seen it, you will also be gathered to your people as Aaron, your brother, was. So Moses appealed to the Lord, and may the Lord, the God who gives breath to all, appoint a man over the, the community who will go out before them and who, who will come back before them and who will bring them out and bring them in so that the Lord's community won't be like sheep without a shepherd. The Lord replied to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man who has the spirit in him, lay your hands on him, give him have him stand before the priest Eleazar and the whole community and commission him in their sight. Confer your authority on him so that the entire community will obey him. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua, had him stand in front of the priest Eleazar and the whole community laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord had spoken through Moses. So there is one more thing that I need to do. Mark, my friend, I'm going to ask you to come up here, elders. I'm going to ask you to come up here. Well, Mark, my friend, my brother, man, can you lay hands on him while I commission him? Is the elders who commission take a step forward there, Mark? Thank you. Mark, I solemnly charge you 
before God and before Jesus Christ, who is going to judge the living and the dead, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and teaching. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder, shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you do. Not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock, that when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown. Above all, Mark, be strong and courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction of our God. Do not turn to the right or to the left so that you will have success in whatever you do. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything that is written in it. For then you will prosper and will succeed in whatever you do. Hasn't he commanded you? Be strong and courageous, Mark. Do not be afraid nor discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you, with you wherever you go. And, O oh God, we trust in you. Let us not be put to shame. Let not our enemies exalt over us. Indeed, none who wait on you shall be put to shame, O oh Lord. Make us know your ways, God. O oh Lord, teach us your paths. Teach us your truth and teach us, for you are the God of our salvation. For you, we put our hope in all day long. Remember your mercy, Lord, on Mark and the elders in this church and your steadfast love, for you have been from old. In Jesus' name. In Calvary, I thank you so much for the wonderful privilege it has been to serve you as I follow Christ. I am no longer your pastor. This is now your pastor. Follow him and the elders as they follow Christ. And I will see you in the promised land. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon audio. For more resources or to connect with us, visit calvarygravenhurst.com.